Everybody good? A uh, couple announcements. Sunday morning, coming up this Sunday morning, out front will be uh, T-shirts. I think they're all T-shirts, long sleeve and short sleeve, that say, Yay God, from Lisa. She designed that, was selling them, and then life come along. So she's donating them to the youth. So if you need a T-shirt, if you want to just give a little extra money, whatever you want to give for the T-shirt, I think it's whatever you want to give. Uh, they'll be hanging out here. They're going to set that up Saturday morning. Also, National Day of Prayer is Thursday, May 4th. Uh, we'll be here uh, from 6 to 7, just a short time of prayer. Uh, come to that. Uh, there's nothing more important we can do than praying. Uh, that's very important. Just come in. If you can only be here 15 minutes, stop in and be with us for a while. So that's May 4th. That's coming, that's coming up pretty quick. Wow. Uh, 6 to 7 o'clock. Everybody welcome. Bring a friend. If you have any questions, see Monica. Also, uh, they have the annual Mother's Day breakfast uh, coming up the 14th. That's early in the morning, 730 to 9.15. You can eat breakfast here. That's that's fun time. You need to come to that also. Also, uh, uh, Linda Jenner moved, moved. She went to heaven, if you didn't know that. Uh, her visitation is going to be at the family's church there in St. Mary's, the Baptist Church. And if you don't know how to get there, what is the road that goes across? Anybody? H. H? Is it H Road? Turn it H and just follow that. And then when you come to St. Mary's, make a right, and it's right on top of the hill on the right. It's, a, it's the only Baptist church in town. Uh, visitation is from 9.30 to 11.00. And then we've got the service from 11 to however long it's going to last. The Baptist minister there is going to open up in prayer and share a few scriptures that I'm going to have the service. So it'll be a good time to, to, to come and support the family. Uh, she, she fought hard, but she is now totally healed. Totally healed. Also, keep Carl in prayer. He had surgery a couple days ago. They had to put a pin up in the bone, I think, in this part, Doc. Do you remember? Up in this part. Uh, he's got some other cancer that has showed up, and they wanted to put that in to support where it's at. And also, keep Tom Tyndall in prayer. Uh, they brought Tom home, and because of lack of oxygen, he still can't get it together mentally, and they couldn't handle him, so he's back in the hospital, and they're dealing with that situation now. I don't know where he's at. St. Louis somewhere, isn't he? Paul, okay. Keep him in prayer. They brought him home thinking that he would be all right, but he kept wanting to do things that he couldn't do. And he's a big man. So Mike went over and Mike said, that's it. We can't handle you. <laughs> go if you will. If you haven't already went there, go to the book of James. The book of James. Now listen, I know you've heard this more than once. And I know you've heard me repeat what went on in chapter 1 more than once. But you're going to hear it again because we need to hear it over. There's no, Listen. There's not, to me, there's not a more important book than this short book of James. Because if you can get a handle on your mouth, <laughs> I promise you it'll change your life and everybody that puts up with you. Come on. You're the one that talks and they're the ones that have to listen. 
And then if they're not listening to the right thing, there's going to be problems. Chapter 1 starts off, count it all joy. And what he's telling you right off the bat is, is listen, everybody in the world is going to go through hard times. Everybody in the world, oh, the Bible tells us you will have tribulation. But then he tells us that it'll be okay in that particular verse. But in, in, in this particular set of scriptures, really the whole chapter 1 is stability and suffering, what you're walking through and what to do with it. And if we can get, if we can, if we can just understand because what happens is when you can't handle it or you think you can't handle it, then your mouth, which he gets into in later in chapter 3, your mouth tends to go the wrong way. It's an amazing thing how people that complain, gripe, and grumble never get over the griping and grumbling because they've always got something to gripe and grumble about because they talk about griping and grumbling. And if you can't go through life and go through situations without your mouth going off, you're going to have problems. And so that's all there is to it. And you've got to recognize that everybody has it. So what you've got to do is you've got to come to that place of trusting God. And what's so neat about the first chapter is he says, count it all joy, but then he comes right back, which, which this has really been a revelation to me because I've read this a zillion times. That's a lot, isn't it? But I've read it a lot. But he comes right back and says, if you don't have the wisdom of the problem you're going through, ask me. And then he says, I will answer you. And then he says, right in that same chapter, then he says, now that I have give you the wisdom, do it. Don't be double-minded. I tell you the answer to the problem, or I tell you to persevere, or I tell you, I give you the answer. Now, you ask, I give it to you. Now, don't doubt. And then he expresses anybody that doubts is like a wave in the sea. And I can understand that. If we, if, we really, if we really take the wisdom he gives us through whatever we're going through. Now, he may just say, count it all joy. This is part of life. You didn't cause it, but you can walk through it. Then that's what we do. We don't doubt that we can walk through it. We don't whine. We don't talk because he gets into that later. And we come to the place of saying, okay, Lord, you've spoke to me that it's going to be okay. All through the scriptures, he tells us it's going to be okay. We have to come to that place of trusting him and not be double-minded. And that's in everything in life. When something comes up in our life and God's already given us the answer to it, all we have to do is go to the word and stand on the word and not be double-minded and just watch God take care of it. I don't care what it is. You know, and I've expressed this before, healing is... is it's probably everybody's biggest area that we fall into doubt. But we don't understand Linda, for example. It's what Linda, it's how Linda walked through what Linda walked through. It's so good to see someone stand right up to the last minute. As I've talked to him, she had a moment right before she passed away that the small grandchild was just freaking out. And she was able to, she literally just set up when she hadn't been setting up, and she hugged her, and she explained to her, it's okay. She, she was walking through this with the grace of God, knowing that maybe I'm going to step out of this arena, but I know I'm going to step into the other arena. And that's, that's why there, there should never be a fear of dying. Absolute zero. Now, you don't want to go through it. Uh, Ashley, they're... they're 
uh, Linda's daughter expressed to me last, yesterday on the phone. She said, this is how I explained it to my, my daughter. She said, this goes along, folks, with her mouth because we're talking. She's, she's expressing someone that needs to hear. And she said, she said to her daughter, I can't think of her name, she said, Patience? Patience. She said to patience. That's good. She said to patience. She said, when I was in youth group, we went down to the Appalachian Mountains, and she said we were going to repel. And she said, Grandma is having the same anxiety of dying as I was having jumping off the cliff. But once I jumped off the cliff, I never had so much fun in my life. Because she knew the rope had her, and she could just bounce off the walls. I remember her doing it. But so, so there's a way of expressing, but if you don't count it all joy, look at the damage you can do to the people you're talking to about death, for example. You know, one of the things I've heard so many times, well, Jesus just wanted them. What a thing to say to somebody don't understand. So now we don't like Jesus because you took Grandma. So... It's so vitally important to recognize all of this is for a purpose. He didn't just write this so it sounds good. He wants us to count it all joy because it's got to be joy. We've got to come to a place of totally trusting, getting the wisdom, walking in the wisdom, and not doubting what's going on and trusting in him. And then chapter 2, he just does another role in the area of what we do with our life. He says, don't, don't judge people. Don't be one that discriminates. If you see some, he, he gives real examples. If you see some come, someone coming in rich and you see someone coming in dirty and stinky, you should give them just as much, if not more, than you do the other. Because if you don't, you're judging. And then he goes through and he talks about, you know, we, we take care of the rich and we don't take care of the poor. And then he goes along in that same chapter and he says, by the way, the Spirit of God is just as strong on them as it will be on the rich. As a matter of fact, the poor, for the most part, trust me more than rich because the rich can buy what they need. Isn't there truth in that? I never forget first trip to Mexico. These people had, the first time I went, the home I was building was for a family that absolutely had cardboard boxes stacked up against old uh, what do you call it? skids that hold stuff? They had the skids tied together with rope, and they had plastic and cardboard around it, and that's what they lived in. Plastic over the top. I'll never forget the first time I looked down inside. <coughs> and a little girl come out, little white dress, living on a dirt floor, but absolutely spotless. But they were so happy. They had such a joy in their heart, had nothing. And we complained because the weather's bad. We, I've already heard people today complain because it's going to rain tomorrow. I mean, come on, get over it. Come to the place of recognizing that, that... Then it gets into faith. And it says, faith without works is dead. Well, really, you know, it, it's kind of like I'm standing over here and I got faith that that pulpit's going to move. I got faith that pulpit's going to move. Well, you know how that pulpit's going to move? I'm going to slide it. That's what works is doing something that God's given you the ability to do. 
Works is not just believing it's going to happen. Works is moving towards and knowing it's going to happen. Him and having the faith that he's going to take care of you and recognizing that, that you can have faith for something, but if you're not doing something, no one's even seeing that you have faith. If you're not, if you're not for example, if you say, we, you know, we need to pray, we need to pray, we need to pray, but if you're not praying, you're not working. Now, you don't work for God to love you, I don't, I don't come to church for God to love me. I don't read my Bible for God to love me. Once I received him as Lord and Savior, he loves me. Case closed, he'll never change that. I, he, I can't get away from him. I can't. I don't care how bad I might fall off and get, I'll eventually get back to him. He, he's forgiven me already. That's why Jesus came for us. But I still have to work my faith in the things that I do in life. I have to work what I say. I have, to, I have to be... See, it's real easy to go downstream. It's real easy to walk. And like when I worked at the coal mines, everybody used profanity. And the F word was, if it wasn't used twice in a sentence, it was used three times in a sentence. And that's how they talked. By me not doing that... I'm working my faith. And if you're around it all the time, it's sometimes it's, it comes out accidentally. So I'm working not to do that. I'm working to not lose my patience. I'm working not to lose my temper. I'm, that's, that's your work. I can't do it in myself, but my work is living a Christian life. My work is forgiving the ones that stab you in the back. That's, that's the working of the things of God. James says, come on, folks. I got a, he had a church of about twelve to 15,000, maybe even bigger, and he had a mess. He had everybody that was Jewish that turned to Christians, and all, before, all they ever did to make God happy was work. So they quit working because they, they had grace. And he said, you've got to do something. You don't work to get God. You work to show people you've got God. You come to church... So people recognize, what do you do on Sunday? That's like Wednesday now has become sports night. It's ridiculous. But it's because most of the people don't go to church. So the ones that go to church, sports is important. And my, my idea of it, and I'm not judging anybody that's doing any different, my idea is my child's in a sport. They need to be there. They play. Take them, you come to church. You don't have to go to the Wednesday game. You can go to every other game they have. You show the child. This is my opinion. I'm not judging anybody. But what's happened now is everybody thinks they've got to go to every child's event. And church is second now to the eyes of the child. That's working your faith. That's saying no. Keith, for example, was on the first five of, of the Chester team. And when they went to a tournament, I couldn't make... Keith stay here. He averaged 26 points a game. They would have lost. He said, well, whoopee-doo. Well, that was important to the team. That was important to him. But I'm not going to the game. I have to preach. But what I do here is the same importance here. We've got to work our faith. We've got to, we've got to follow what God's doing. Then, then, he, then he talks at the end, he talks about it being the foundation of our life, working our faith. Why? Because people need to see, people need to hear what you're doing and what you're saying. 
It's just the, we work our faith. If you're not working your faith, you're just like everybody out there that's doing everything else. Then it gets to chapter 3. I love chapter 3. Matter of fact, I, I told Donna, I said, I may just talk on the tongue Sunday because we have a bigger crowd. Uh, it, it's ridiculous how important chapter 3 is. You want to read and study, read and study, read and study, re-read 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 and study, read chapter 3. You don't have to read the rest of them. Just read chapter 3 and listen to what it says. It says, number one, don't be a teacher because you're going to get judged more. Well, I look at that and I understand that, but every one of us are a teacher. Everybody here is teaching somebody. Everybody here is being watched by somebody, especially if you're working your faith. And that's what he was going, basically, really going into. Listen, you're working your faith. Now, work your mouth. Work your mouth in what you say. If you're arguing with somebody, you're not working your mouth. Because all you're doing when you're arguing with somebody is trying to get your way. You're all, you're all looking at me kind of funny this morning, this afternoon, this evening. And he says, in verse 2, he says, if your tongue is under control, it will bring... It will bring you to a better place of maturity. See, if we, can, if we can control our tongue in everything we say, then as you're working your faith in what you're saying, people are going to look at you. If you're cutting people down, if you're criticizing this and you're criticizing that, if you're arguing and complaining, they're not seeing you as the Christian that we really are. Because who you really are is a person that doesn't... doesn't Walk like this. But then it goes on in 3 and 4. It says our, our words. This is, this is so important to understand. Think about it just for a minute, everybody. Think about if somebody said something to you that hurts your feelings, how long it takes for that to get away. Sometimes it never gets away. Because once a word is spoken, it's out there. I mean, it's out there. in the heat of an argument that you shouldn't be having because you're just trying to get your way. They're just trying to get their way. But in the heat of that argument that we all get off in, you'll say things sometimes that you, you have thought or you wouldn't say it. I mean, let's get real because it says in the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. <laughs> was Donna and I was talking and a person told her upset with her husband, and he was, she was just going to run him through the mulching machine that they got. I think she thought that. Now think about it. Now she's probably not going to do it. Lord, I hope not. Just a friend that did that? You did that? Oh, you no, thought that? Oh, I'm not telling her. <laughs> I'm not saying who it is. It's just a person. Yeah, they were just mad, and they just they seen the mulching machine that was sitting by the road, you know, that... Well, you don't, you, don't say, you don't say that kind of stuff unless you think that kind of stuff. And that's the point I'm trying to get across in this is how quick, how quick you can turn a horse if you've got a bit in his mouth. It's the same thing with our tongue. We, we sometimes can say stuff that cannot come back. And then we recognize... The same thing with a rudder on a ship. If you keep the rudder turned, I don't care how big the ship is. That was the mistake that happened in the Suez Canal. 
was the Suez Canal that the, the, the ship went sideways? Yeah, it, it blocked traffic for days, billions and billions of dollars, because the man was going too fast, and he didn't have the rudder cut just right, and when it, it got away from him, and he didn't have time to throw it back. In other words, he spoke too quick, and it couldn't be fixed in the area he had. We do that with our mouth. Now, if we've got an ocean, it's a different thing, because eventually it will turn. It's so vital, our tongue is so vital in what goes on. Proverbs 18.21, everybody knows this scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We have a small member, it says. It's amazing if you, if you compare your tongue to your body. It's a very, very small thing. But oh, how much damage it can do. Ephesians 4.29 tells us what with the tongue. Impart grace to the hearer. Nothing else. You don't... According to the scripture, we are not allowed to say anything but that that will impart grace. Now, that's a rule, according to scripture. If you want to live to the abundance of what God's got for you, the mouth is the most important thing that you could, you could just recognize. You've got to change it. You've got to change it. Well, then it goes, then it goes to 13 and 14. I want to read these. This is where we're going tonight, 13 and 14. 13, I mean, all the way down to 18. I want to read. Now, I'm reading, out of the, I'm reading out of the Passion Bible. This just really reads neat. If you consider yourself to be wise and one who understand the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom and gentleness. Never brag, and we're talking about the tongue, never brag or boast about what you've done and you'll prove that you're truly wise. Did you hear that? In other words... If you're talking too much about what you can do, you don't sound wise. The wise person usually is the one that knows it. That'd be like if Doc, if Doc would just, at every conversation, would start talking about medical things, 99% of us would not understand any of it. But he don't. Why? Because he knows wisdom is, I don't need to share that, they don't understand it, all I'm trying to do is toot my own horn. It's no different than, I know engines a little bit, but I'm not going to sit and try to explain every time something comes up that I know how to do it, because my favorite line anymore, <laughs> I said it ten times today, I know in part. Now think about that. We all think we know everything. But you're going to find that you're better off to come to the place of just saying, I know in part, I don't really know. The, and you don't know the whole story about anything. It don't happen. But the tongue, it goes on in 15. Let me read on down. And it says, For that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish, both selfish and devilish. I, I like that because when you look up self-seeking that's in there, literally means it literally means faction and strife. And you can't have fresh water running you can't have salt water running out of fresh water hydrant it won't happen and that's what he's saying here don't spend your time bragging about what you can do don't spend your time arguing about things you don't really know anything about you can share your opinion but after that let life go let things go recognize that God's got it Proverbs 26 26 28 says a flattering mouth works ruin 
In other words, if you're flattering someone and you're talking to someone just to glorify you. See, it's the heart behind what you say, folks. Listen. It's the heart behind what you say. It doesn't matter. It can be misunderstood, yes. But if your heart's right, God's there to help you take care of that. God's there to, to, to get you through that. But if we are just trying to toot our own horn, and that's what he's talking about, because he's talking about the mouth. If you're just trying to say how good you are, even though you're not very good, just to make you look better, then, then it's not going to happen. Verse 16, I think, explains that a little bit more. Verse 16 says, So whoever... Wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. I thought that was fun. Meanness. Confusion and every evil thing is what's in, in the New King James, is it not? Confusion and every, not some, every evil thing comes from our mouth. And, and, and what, you, what you're trying to get across and what you're trying to do. And you hate to admit it, folks, but a lot of people are just out speaking and talking for their own selfish gain to get what they're after. Everybody, to a degree, wants it their way. We're all guilty of that. It's just, you, he, James is just warning. Folks, be careful. If they're buttering you up, make sure their heart's right. Now, it's one thing. You want to compliment people. But if you're just complimenting somebody to get your way, I, we, could, we could just about say a politician, and I'm not judging politicians, but they most all do it, prior to election, they're going to tell you how good you are and what they're going to do for you, and then when they get the position, they do what they want to do. That's the motive that you have to watch for. And if you're sensitive to the things of the Spirit, you will pick up on those things always. You'll pick that up. It, it, it's there. Verse 17, it says, But the wisdom from above is always pure and filled with peace, considerate and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form, and it always bears a beautiful harvest of righteousness. In other words, we can go all the way back to the very first chapter. And we can walk through the first chapter and recognize that our mouth can cause damage. We can go to the second chapter and recognize if, if, we're, if we're prejudiced towards anybody, if we're not working our faith with our mouth, it all falls back into the same line. And James has explained to us how important it is. Listen, if you've got a right heart and you speak out of the right heart, you're always helping people. If you've got a right heart, you're always wanting to say the right thing to people. You're always wanting to impart grace to people. You're always wanting to encourage people. There's nothing better than being around someone that is always encouraging you, always uplifting you. And you don't, you, you say you don't need that, but we all need that, especially men. Men need that more than women do. I don't know why it is, but it's, it's biblical. Men need to be honored, honored and told they're okay and told they're good and told they're... And told, thank you for working so hard for me, the women should be saying. According to Scripture, that's the way it is. On the flip side, the man's supposed to, at the same time, make sure the woman knows she's secure and I'm going to take care of you. And make sure the, the woman's loved and tell the woman she's loved. That's all part of Scripture. That's how we're designed. We all have these needs 
But our mouth is designed not to cut down. Our mouth is designed not to destroy. Our mouth is designed to say good things. If you don't have something good to say to your spouse, then really, why are you together? If you can't say something good, then you never will say something good. If you don't make yourself say something good, and then the marriage will eventually be fall apart because you haven't... There's nothing more important. When Donna and I started dating, I said, Donna, the most important thing we can do is to communicate and be honest. How we feel, our motives, our actions, and if you stay there, things will work. If you're in a marriage right now, any of you, and you're in a marriage now, and if you're not speaking total truth and not communicating about your feelings, because you can, listen, you can communicate without cutting down. You can let, the, you can let your spouse know. You can, let, you, can, you can let them know, you know, this hurt me a little bit. And I'm not mad, but I just want to let you know what it made me feel like. Not with an evil tongue, because if you're giving an evil tongue about your feelings, then you're doing it to get your way. Only God can change the person. Our place is to let them know how you feel, that you, you've been hurt. But you don't just talk when you're hurt. You've got to do your part in encouraging and building up. Are you all understanding what I'm saying? That's why this is so vitally important, what James is talking about. Our tongue can absolutely destroy. It's amazing how marriages can be so good at the beginning and then in time, everybody gets used to each other. And then you just, you, you just, you're like the old nature starts coming out. Instead of going and working your faith to say the right things, working your faith to do what God wants, working your faith to say the right, working your faith to be honest, working your faith to share your heart so they, you can't guess what people are thinking. Women sometimes... They've got so, listen, this is a class for the married, I guess. Women have all these computer screens. They're all going all the time. Men have one, maybe two, but one most of the time. We can't figure them out. Well, don't try. That's where the woman's supposed to say what she feels. But that's where the man's got to sit and listen. That's the hard part. Because we don't like to just talk all the time. That's why soap operas on television is pornography. Because no man's like the ones on there. No man sits and talks like the men do on soap operas. But we're supposed to communicate. And what do you communicate with? Your mouth. So they'll know. You, you can't roll your eyes and expect anybody to understand what you're talking about. You've got to, you, that's why James is going over this and going over this. Listen, if your heart's wrong, be careful. If you recognize their, their, the person's heart's wrong, be careful. But don't you be like that. I, I love this, the last part back there. It says, but the wisdom from above, that's the talking, is always pure, filled with peace. If you're not imparting grace, you're not imparting peace. Consider it, and, consider it and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice, hypocrisy of any form. <laughs> That's pretty tough words. 
It's always above board. It's always good. Then it goes on and it says, in verse 18, it says, And it always beats, it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness, God's seeds of wisdom. Wisdom fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. Our heart has to be at a place that we're desiring. We're desiring to make peace with whoever we're around. We're desiring to speak peace in every situation. We're, we're not... We're not on the phone for four hours talking about people. You can talk about people, but not about people. Does that make sense? You can talk about life. You can talk about things. But if you're judging and criticizing any time in that time on the phone, then what you're doing is you are poisoning the people that you're talking to, and they can never, ever, ever, ever see the other person that you've talked about ever, ever the same again. It's a fact. We've got to come to that place of recognizing the circumstances in our lives can be adjusted by our mouths. You say, well, that was in my past. Well, yeah, it is. So now don't speak. Learn from the past and change your mouth to get you in. If you change your heart and then you change your, it'll change your mouth. And as you change your mouth, that is exactly what builds your future. That is exactly what builds where you're going. That is, if, if you're still having problems with an area in your life, it's probably because you're thinking and talking about it too much. You can turn it around by your mouth. That, God created all this. You, you watch the news. And all they do is read, folks. And I don't know if you figured it out yet, but they buy the news, and they read the same news to everybody. And there's a plan behind what they're saying because they want you to hear and believe what they're saying. And then you'll get it in your heart, and then you'll start saying what they say. And the, Hitler did it. The list goes on and on. The mouth, grab it. The mouth is the most vital thing that you can get a hold of. But recognize that when your heart's right, you show righteousness. You're working the Christian walk. You're walking the Christian walk. I got wrote down, you then help bring in peace in all, you, you then help bring peace in all circumstances. Whatever's going on, you can bring peace. Whatever's going on, you walk into a, a crowd of people with the right words, you can bring peace. With the spirit that's on you, you can bring in peace. Anybody in everything that has circumstances and situations, we can adjust by what we, what we say, by what we do. We take from above, and we get it in here. We take from above, and we get it in here. And we take this right here, and the more we get this right here and this right here, then the more you're going to speak. You say, well, I, I, I'm, really, I'm really lacking in a lot of areas. Then get more of this in you. I'm telling you. This is the answer to everything in life. Read, read, study, study, Amen. listen, 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 listen. I'll never forget when I run heavy equipment at the mines. I played, I played cassette tapes over and over and over Every day, for hours upon hours upon hours upon days upon months but on years, listening to this, listening to this. I had to because I was so far out the other side that I had to get back where I was supposed to get, and that was the only way. And then in the midst of that, God honored that, and I, I shared with you about my eyes being healed. He healed the one eye, 
And I had so much faith at that time built up that I took my glasses and threw them out the window of my machine. I said, if you're going to heal one, you're going to heal them both. Now, that's bold. And he did. But see, I had enough in me. I had an overflow inside of me. That was the abundance of my heart. A guy by the name of Larry Garland worked at the mines, and we talked Bible all of the time. And he, he was ahead of me in some of the, some of the, some of the truths. I'll never forget when he said, God's done it already for everything for you. And I was at that place, oh, no, he couldn't have done it all. I've got to do something. Well, he has done it all. Now I've got the revelation years later. He's done it all. But I still have my part to do. I've got to get it in here. Because I can hear it here, but if I don't get it in here, it's not going to come out here. And I'm going to go out in the, in the world and I'm going to speak wrongly not i don't have to use vulgarity to speak wrongly i just can have a wrong attitude i can i cannot forgive all the stuff it tells me to do i got to get it here so the only way i can forgive i got to speak it i forgive you i let it go drop it but i won't do that if i don't get it here and this took me a long time. The area of forgiveness i battled this a long time with chris's situation but i really can say eh God knows. God knows. I'm counting it all joy. But I'm seeing the fruit of God. We went and seen him last week. I, it, it's, it's, like, it's like overwhelming the spirit of God that's on him. Guilty or not, there's complete change. I guarantee you he's going to heaven guilty or not, whoever's out there saying he's guilty. I don't care what you think. I know he's going to heaven. Why? Because I know he's born again. But I can't know that until I get it right here, and then it doesn't do any good if it don't come out right here. And that's what James is saying. Wherever you work, whatever you're doing, wherever your relationship with your wife or your husband, speak nice. Forgive. Let it go. Don't worry about getting your way. Be happy. Go back to your first joy. Go back. Your first joy is this right here. And then this right here will come out of this right here. It's a guarantee, folks. It's a guarantee. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us everything we'll ever, ever need. All we have to do is allow this word to get into our heart. Pour it in. Pour it in. Father, the word, the word says faith comes by that word. And we thank you, Lord. That we're going to take, we're going to take the things that we said, and we're going to just thank you that you forgive us for our past mistakes, the things we've said, the hurt feelings, the hurt things we've done. And Father, we're going to just start off fresh, and we're going to start purposing to work our faith by speaking exactly what the Word tells us to speak, do what the Word says, get it in our heart to where we can speak life into other people's lives. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Call you blessed. You're dismissed. Well, you got two minutes. Then you can't. Then you can be dismissed. Need prayer for anything? I'm up here. Keep Tom in prayer. We want, we want that mind to get back sharp.